0: Do you sometimes tell yourself things like, I don't like selling, or I'm bad at marketing? If yes, you are not alone, my friend. But you should stop that kind of talk right now. In this week's episode in the Blissful Biz Podcast, Amanda McKinney joins me for some straight talk. We talk about money mindset and why, for some reason, marketing is thought about as a negative thing by so many yoga teachers and spiritual entrepreneurs and how to make a mindset shift when it comes to money and marketing mindset. Amanda is a marketing coach for yoga teachers herself and the host of the Marketing Yoga with Confidence podcast. She has a ton of knowledge and so much to share. I really enjoy talking to her. I'm so excited for you to meet Amanda and I hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Hi, Amanda. I'm so excited you're here. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me, Susanna. I'm so excited to learn
0: more about you. And um, yes, I mean, obviously also about what you're going to share with us today. And I think we connected a few weeks ago, but I don't know anything about your background, about your journey. So I'm really curious about that. Um, Can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about um, what you do
1: and, yeah, what has your journey been like? I would love to. So I'm Amanda McKinney, and I'm a marketing coach for yoga teachers, and I have a true passion for keeping marketing really simple and fun so that yoga teachers can make more money. And I love to share that sentence now because it's not what I would have said a year and a half ago or two years ago or three years ago when I started my business. And I get to help yoga teachers really niche down and step into that idea of niching down and having some sort of a specialty. And I've truly been able to do that myself. And so when I said I started my business three years ago, I was really a marketing consultant for a whole bunch of different people. I was working with big corporations because that's where I had come from out of the corporate world. And so I quickly just worked with corporations since since that's what I knew. And then slowly I realized that that wasn't as fulfilling as I wanted it to be. And I had really stepped back into my yoga practice, which I was super excited about because I started yoga when I was in college, but then let it go. My I let my practice go when I was in the corporate world. And then when I came back to it, I started hanging out with every yoga teacher that I could because I just loved being around yoga teachers. And so what I found was that one day... I was talking to a yoga teacher about something to do with marketing. And she said, Amanda, you know, I never knew I was a business owner until you told me I was one. And I thought, how, how did you not know that as a yoga teacher, you're an independent contractor, you are running a business. And so my mind was just rocked by that, by that thought that she had never known this before. So then I thought, I want to work with yoga teachers. This is the coolest job that I can create for myself. So that's when I started working with yoga teachers. And that was about, we're coming at about two years ago that that this happened. And so in that two years, I've really recognized that I love working with yoga teachers who are looking to teaching yoga as their career. It's not just a fun hobby. It's really their career. They're wanting to either take it full-time or they're already teaching full-time, and they really want to step into a niche and a specialty, but they're having trouble doing that, and, and especially with the marketing stuff, because marketing can be really intimidating. As you know, we both work with yoga teachers on that. So that's where I really was able to step into my passion, and I love what I do now.
0: Mm, yes, it sounds great. Um, I would like to know, so what did the beginning stages look like for you starting your business? Have there been any roadblocks or mental barriers? I mean, like, you know, like um, going from corporate to running your own business, so you probably... Went through all the challenges and struggles that yoga teachers do as well.
1: Oh, yes. I think I hit them all. And I didn't know very many entrepreneurs at all. So <laughs> at that point, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I felt like everything was a struggle. I felt like every piece of technology was a struggle from starting an LLC to creating a website to um, invoicing clients do anything that I can think of that I do now on an easy basis, right? Like it's like nothing anymore was a huge struggle when I first started. It was a lot. And I felt like I was learning something new every day, which is exciting, but it's also a huge challenge. And so I was also used to, when I was working in corporate, I had a team of people, right? So I was managing other people. I had a lot of people around me when, even when I wasn't managing people, I was managing projects. And so there were a lot of resources and all of a sudden my budget went down to next to nothing where I used to have a really big marketing budget. So that was a really interesting time for me to recognize All these things that I had learned in corporate in terms of big budget marketing, I couldn't do anymore. But I had to take that same idea, the same concept of marketing, and take it down to a smaller budget, which was really fascinating for me to really think through and process through. And so I learned a lot. I learned a lot in those early years. I made a ton of mistakes and you know, you focus on websites so much and I love that you do because that is not necessarily my strong suit of, I would never say like, I'm going to create a website for you. That's not my favorite thing. I love to talk about the strategy of it and what you can have on your website and different um, marketing tactics with it. But building the website Is not my favorite thing. And I remember very, very much like it was yesterday building my own website. And I did like one of the drag and drop options. I I didn't like build it from code or anything. But I was so excited that I was finally doing this thing. And I worked on it for way too long, as I'm sure you know, that people do all the time. I
0: still time. remember building my first website or signing up for hosting. And I always thought, oh, my God, that's so complicated and difficult. And then it actually, I mean, it was still a little bit intimidating, but it wasn't really difficult, but so...
1: Right. Well, you have a gift, my friend, because it was a struggle on my end. And I think I was just so focused on the design and the words. I was so focused on it being perfect. And I talk to each of my students about this every day now. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't say done is better than perfect.
0: I know. Perfect isn't
1: going to work. But I wanted it to be perfect. And I was so in my head about this website. And then one day I finally was like, okay, today's the day I'm going to announce it today. (laughs) So I finished it up, right? Finished it up and sent an email to my friends and family and said, look what I did. I'm so excited. Here's my website. And I started getting text messages and phone calls. And I thought everyone is so excited for me that was not the case they were telling me that links were broken and that things were misspelled and it was it was all out of love they were trying to be very sweet but in that moment i thought the thing that i worked so hard on is not perfect and it was in that moment that i recognized like okay there's going to be a lot of tough lessons that i'm going to have to learn in this entrepreneurship journey and i'm just going to have to go with it and be more okay with not perfect work, which is a really hard thing to do. There's so
0: much um, to do with mindset. I think I learned more about in the, about myself in those last years that I've been building my own business than in like 20 years before that working in corporate, like not right. corporate, but advertising. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. There's so much. When you're starting a business, you have to do everything. You have to be... All the titles that you can think of in a business, you have to do all of them. And so it's really challenging, especially like you and I have come from a corporate background where you specialize in something. So you had a job in corporate that you probably did really, really, really well. And then you start your own business and you have to do everything else. (laughs) <laughs> and it's really that.
0: hard And <laughs> I, I was a project manager or account director in advertising agencies so I basically had to tell everybody else what they had to do mm. and I enjoyed so much to do everything myself which is um, a problem it's getting a problem <laughs> because I don't want to delegate anything right um, um, at least I'm aware of that and I'll, yeah it's on my
1: to-do list yeah <laughs> I like it.
0: So, um, yeah, one thing we wanted to talk about is um money blocks that because yeah. we both know that especially spiritual entrepreneurs and yoga teachers, it's a big issue for them and I mean, I know from my own experience too. So, um that mm-hmm. I rem- I know that one of my biggest mistakes was in the beginning when I started my business um that I was probably I was treating it a little bit like a hobby. I was still working freelance for a few months each year, up to six months, and earning really good money, working freelance and advertising, which obviously allowed me to be a little bit more relaxed about building my business. But also it meant that I wasn't really focused on things that would help me build my business, like selling things, for example. So I was focusing on the fun parts, like creating content. And um, and looking back, like other work that I've done since then, there was a lot of fear involved probably as well. Mm-hmm. Like the fear of failing when you're selling, what will happen when nobody buys. and And I'm sure that a lot of people can relate to that. Right. So, um, I don't know if I went over it completely. At least I'm aware of it. Yeah, I think I'm. No, it's getting better. <laughs> so, what tips would you have to, to um, share with someone who's like going through that?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, first, it's just acknowledging the fact that we all have our own money story. And so, whatever that is for you, Um, whoever's, you know, listening to this, it doesn't matter. Everyone has their own story and there's not really a right or wrong story. We just all have one. And I learned this when I read Jen Sincero's book, You're a Badass at Being Money. Yes, it's so good. Yeah. And it's so good. And she has you write a letter to money, which I think is really, really interesting to kind of Get behind what is your money story. So I think that's the first thing is just knowing that everyone has one. So it's not weird that, you know, you are not necessarily wanting to charge for teaching yoga or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing in life. We all have this money story and it leads into why selling is kind of nerve wracking for most people and we don't really like to talk about it. And sometimes we don't like to talk about money in general. And so at the very beginning of this episode, I said that I like to work with yoga teachers and help them earn more money. And so two years ago, I would have never said that phrase because I really shied away from talking about money because I knew because of my experience with yoga teachers that they didn't want to focus on money that there was this almost an aversion to talking about money or charging for yoga. It was really uncomfortable for a lot of yoga teachers. But what I, when I really started working with yoga teachers, I found that they do want to make money. They love teaching yoga and they need money in order to live, but they don't necessarily want to talk about money. So it's not like I step. I started to step into the idea of I'm going to talk about money so that they can talk about money with me. They don't have to talk about it with their family or their friends or their students, but we're going to talk about money together so that it's more comfortable to talk about money and to say, I am a professional and I am providing a service, just like a dentist, just like a doctor, just like a mechanic. It doesn't matter what type of job you're talking about in terms of a service. A yoga teacher is a professional service provider. And so that service deserves to be paid. Your time deserves to be paid. And so you have to kind of dig into your own money story to figure out why you might not want to charge for something. And it takes time. You know, I am way more comfortable in pricing something of my own now than I was three years ago when I first started because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And I didn't know how to charge for something. And I wasn't confident in what I was offering yet. Until I was seeing results, I wasn't confident in what I was selling. And so that's what I would say is first and foremost, knowing that everyone has a money story. So dig into yours and get comfortable with it and start talking about money to someone like have a a business bestie, which is another yoga teacher or another person who owns a business where you can talk about money have a friend, um, a spouse, a coach, a mentor. It doesn't matter. Find someone that you can talk about money with. And I also suggest to listen to Money Podcast. Mm. And that's something that some people like to do and some people don't. My favorite, favorite Money Podcast is the Get Paid Podcast with Claire Pelletreau. She is Uh, My absolute favorite, and I am one of her students now because I started listening to her two years ago, and she's fantastic. She really digs into the numbers and helps you see how to run a business, really i love to share that
0: in the um, show notes. Mm -hmm. And also, maybe do you have some episodes on your podcast where you talk about money mindset?
1: So, you know, I would have to look. I can send you some links. I'm (laughs) thinking about uh, specific ones. Let's make it Um, a little
0: bit of a resource. (laughs) yeah,
1: Yeah, I would love to. I talk about money a lot and I have a lot of YouTube videos that talk about money as well. Those are shorter and so, just talking about pricing and money and how to make more money and get more people in your class, so you're making more money. And what I found interestingly enough on YouTube was when I used the word "money," that more yoga teachers clicked on it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So That's very interesting. interesting. It's a it's a question that a lot of yoga teachers have right now as well, because I mean, everybody's doing online classes now, and so many are doing that for free. Mm-hmm. So um, What's your take on that? Should you charge for your online classes? Should you offer them for free? Should you do both?
1: Mm -hmm. I have very strong feelings about this, (laughs) as you can imagine. Give it to us. (laughs) Yeah. So I definitely think everyone needs to be charging for their classes. And No disrespect to anyone who decided to offer something for free at the very beginning, because everyone was trying to figure out the technology, like week one and week two of our current situation. And I get it. Just like I said, like I wasn't confident at the beginning. I needed to offer something at a lower price in order to be more confident to charge for it. So if you offered a few classes for free, move on and it's fine. But overall, If every yoga teacher is offering full length classes or private sessions for free, it is going to devalue yoga as a whole for everyone. And it's going to make everyone's job way harder because there's going to be free yoga out there. Now, I will also say that I'm not saying you can't do anything for free. The free stuff is your marketing, my friends. That's the good stuff that you're giving away, the short little clips on YouTube, or, you know, one free full-length class that's on YouTube, but other ones are shorter. Blog posts on your website, audio files for meditation. These little snippets are marketing that will be the free stuff. But a full-length class or a full-length private session should be paid. That is really important. So I very much strongly believe that yoga teachers need to be charging for those things.
0: Yes, it's not like dentists give away you know, free
1: visits <laughs> just because of
0: blood no. prices or, I don't know, you get free bread at the bakery. Right. <laughs> so, right. Um, no, I agree that you have to see it as a marketing tool. And if you do a free class, if you do that to promote your private classes or something, you, know, mm-hmm. like you have a, like a purpose and you do that maybe once a week or something, it's a different purpose than saying just, okay, yeah, now I'm just offering like five free online classes a mm-hmm. week. Um, exactly, and I think most um, teachers and a lot of studios are catching up and are really offering their classes and like charging like the normal prices and like having their normal class passes. Mm-hmm. you can use. I love that. I actually set up a template for my I have this website course, and I have a template website, and I'm teaching them how to set up a page selling private online classes with Calendly and Zoom. That's great. So you set it up that people, so you set up, you connect it to your calendar and then you set up your availability and then people can book slots in Calendly. When you are available, pay right away. They get an email with the Zoom link and a reminder and you get an email with the Zoom link. So the only thing you have to do is click on that link and teach the class
1: hmm. I love it. I am a huge fan of that. That's what I use for my business as well. I use Acuity instead of Calendly, but yes, they're the same. Yeah, they're yeah. very much the same. Just, um, you know. Someone created a different company. And so I happened to find Acuity first. So I use Acuity, but it connects with Zoom and it's really fast and it saves me so much time. The, the big thing to note, because this happened to me early on in my business, is to make sure it's connected to your calendar. Because if not, you can get double booked
0: that, <laughs> and that a lot, lot of manual work I did that in the beginning too I was so reluctant to pay for Calendly so I was <laughs> using the free account because I, I don't want to put something else on my expenses list one more tool where you have to pay monthly it really adds up but yeah it was terrible because it was so much manual work and after I finally set it up uh, sometime last year I was like Why did I wait so long to do that properly? Sometimes Mm -hmm. you really have to, I I really believe sometimes you have to set up the business you want to have in the future.
1: Right, right. And sometimes you can and sometimes you can't, right? There's some tools that are much more, uh, you know, expensive to get started with. But I love that you said sometimes you have to just take that step. And I think a lot of yoga teachers actually took that step to pay for Zoom, because mm, yes. before all of this i didn't have very many yoga teachers who were paying for zoom and now i have almost all of my students who are yes. paying for zoom at this point so it's important to know what what is going to have a really good user experience for your student and like you were saying like someone can go to your website book with you in a few clicks and it's done so that user experience is so nice and easy because and you know this because you work with websites all the time, the more clicks that someone has to do, the less likely it is that they're going to buy.
0: Yes, it has to be smooth, yeah, and really Mm -hmm. intuitive to use.
1: Right. Right. So I think that we've got the mindset side of like the money mindset that happens. But I also think, and I'm sure you can agree with this, that a lot of people have a very negative connotation with marketing. And yes. think all the time. <laughs>
0: yes. I don't yeah. like selling. I don't like and, marketing. I'm not good at it. Uh,
1: yes. Yeah. I hear it all the time. And I have found a sentence that really resonates with a lot of yoga teachers. And it's that so many people think that marketing is bad, is negative, is um, something just like sleazy or icky, but marketing is actually neutral it's what you choose to do with the marketing that makes it either a positive experience or a negative experience. And a lot of people have experienced a bad or a negative experience with marketing, feeling like they had like the bait and switch where someone told them one thing and sold them something else, or they felt like they bought a bad product or something like that. And that was, you know, made marketing bad. But when you think about it, marketing is just communication. (laughs) It is just communicating with your students and talking to them. So it's conversations, it's emails, it's text messages, it's phone calls, it's blogs on your website. All of those things that you're sharing on social media, all of that is marketing. And I think if we can change the mindset to remember that marketing in and of itself is neutral and it's not negative, I think that's really, really helpful.
0: Yes, I think we we forget that how important it is how we talk to ourselves when it comes to our business. I mean, everybody right. yoga teacher, teacher knows the power of words of like mm-hmm. of our self talk, but we forget that when it comes to our business. And I always like stop people right away when they say, oh yeah, I hate marketing, or I'm really bad at it, or I'm not techie, or I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm overwhelmed. That's that's something as well that I have to stop myself from saying, no, 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 no. You can't say that to yourself.
1: Right. Oh, Oh, that's so good. It's so good because we can be so negative. We can talk so negatively to ourselves that we would never say it to someone else. Mm. Like I would never tell you, you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) <laughs> right i would never say that to you but i would probably say that to myself in when i'm trying to figure out something and i'm like i don't know what i'm doing right now mm, yeah i would and say that to direct myself. to other people <laughs> <I'm Yeah. dead. laughs> well i remember that's when i was
0: working in in london and then the project manager came to me I was a director, so, oh my god after a meeting with a client and i loved your german directness and that you just told them what they need to do next. And I was like, "But don't you have to do that in a meeting before they leave? I was like, I learned so much about myself and about being German when I was living in London.
1: (laughs) That's so funny. I think it's important to be yourself and be ourselves in the business because that's what makes us unique. Just like any yoga teacher, I feel like you and I probably both say this to yoga teachers all the time, that you're the only you. That there is. And I could read a script and you could read a script for a meditation and it would be different. We would read the same words, but it would be different because our personalities are different. We would have different inflection with different words. We would just we would present the information in a different way. And so I think it's important to be ourselves. And I like to say, you know, I am your cheerleader always. So I will always be a cheerleader for anyone who is my student. I'm going to tell you, you're going to do great. This is going to work. Like I'm going to be your cheerleader, but I will also, and more importantly, I will be your coach. And I will tell you if you're off the wrong track or if you are, you know, chasing the, the thing that seems like it's the thing that's going to work, but it's not because that's what coaches can do. And, you know, I love being a cheerleader. That's my favorite thing. It's the natural thing. But I also have learned that the coaching side is so mm-hmm. important. So I love that you're super direct as well. So would that be a tip for a yoga teacher to work with
0: a coach or are there things that you recommend, a few steps that they can do by themselves to help them mm-hmm. really get into the more business money mindset?
1: Right. I think there's a lot that you can do on your own. Um, I would never discredit working with a coach or a mentor. If you know of one that you want to work with and you've already learned from that person or whomever it is, then go for it. If that is in your budget and if it's in your realm of comfort, then I would say to go for it. But I think there's a lot that you can do on your own. I think you can read books like You're a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. And you can listen to podcasts like the one I mentioned from Claire Pels. So her website is Claire Pels because her last name is Pelletro. And Um. it's hard to spell. So that's why I just said Claire Pels. And her Get Paid podcast is a great one to listen to. There's so many other mindset podcasts that you can listen to that I think you can do a lot on your own. I don't really like always saying you have to pay for something. However, there's, mon- there is, there's not money. There is power in paying for something. So if you recognize that you've gone as far as you can on your own and you want to take a bigger step, then you should probably pay someone because the exchange of money will actually make the change happen more so because you'll be more invested. They're invested in you. They're going to ask questions that you wouldn't think to ask yourself. It's going to be really helpful. So for me, I, I am a coach and I do work with yoga teachers and I love it so much, but I also almost always have a coach. So I have changed coaches over the three years that I've been running a business. I've worked with different coaches because I think that's cool too, but I almost always have a coach at the at the time of running my business.
0: Yes, you see I'm more the self-learner. I never really work with a coach one-on-one. So I did a lot of online courses and I'm one of those person who actually works through them, you know like at some people <laughs> right. And um Yes, yeah, so it's so interesting. And I worked with a life coach once for a short time and we are really good friends. And she was on the podcast. But um after a few sessions, I was like, no, this doesn't work for me because I don't get motivated by someone else giving me a to-do list or something.
1: Interesting. See, so you yes. have to know what works for you. I love working with coaches. I love it so much because I need to be pushed sometimes. Mm, yes. Because and a lot of it comes to the fact that I still do. 90 something percent of all the things in my business. I only outsource a few things. So I'm doing so much on the day to day that my coach now is just really good at being up here and being higher than everything and and telling me, no, Amanda, this is not the right thing for you to focus on right now. You should be focused on this. But because I'm focused on all the tasks that have to get done all day, that sometimes I would miss that. So right now, that's the thing I need, and yeah, I, yeah my coach right the now same
0: challenge, yeah, that we need to outsource and to grow, yeah, right. <laughs> um, what really helped me understand myself better was the book, um, the four tendencies from Gretchen Rubin. If you haven't mm. read that? You definitely have to check it out. It's really amazing. D- it's, um, she describes four types of people of personalities, how we motive, how we get motivated, what motivates us.
1: Mm.
0: So, like, it can be internal, it can be external. And I'm the questioner, mm-hmm. and sometimes the rebel. So that I get something done at all is a wonder. <laughs> but I mean, of course, I do. So
1: right, yes, but That's I have to, cool. I have to get to it. By myself. Right. It's important to know that about yourself, like how you learn and what environment you're most creative. All of those things can help you as a business owner for sure. But I'm going to have to check out that book. Sounds Mm -hmm. like a good one.
0: Yes, it's it's great. Super great. Have you read The Happiness Project? It's the same author.
1: Oh, okay. Yes. And she's a great
0: podcast too, where she describes the four tendencies. So if you want to listen in.
1: I will. And, that sounds like um, a good
0: podcast. I mean, what helped me really getting into more the business setup, not treating it as a hobby, was really planning it out. I really, I love planning. I love creating plans and to-do lists. And when it's on my to-do, when, I always say when it's in Asana, it gets done.
1: I say the same thing. So I say the exact same thing. That will
0: always be my, you know, like what I would um, recommend people to do. Just really create a plan and maybe find someone, maybe find some kind of like an online course that gives you some structure that you can follow along so you don't have to figure everything out by yourself.
1: Right. I think what you just said is great is just first and foremost, knowing how you learn. Right. I work with a coach and it works really well for me. You thinking a digital course where someone would walk you through those steps would be a great thing. Finding out what that is and taking those steps. But like you, I am definitely someone who uses Asana and that's a digital, like a task management tool for anyone who doesn't know what that (laughs) is. And um, I, like I, that plans every day for me. If that went down, I don't know what I would do with my life because it tells me what to do every day. And I get so much done because I get to check those things off. And I don't know about you, but I love those little like unicorns that jump across the screen. Oh my God, I, love when you- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's like a reward.
0: I love seeing also what other people do that they create their boards and columns and then like upload little pictures that they have to to see this first thing. I haven't done that yet, but I'm thinking about it. I have like my year plan. I have one column for every month. And I love that. And interesting. And, and then of course other projects. Yeah.
1: That's cool. So you use boards. It sounds like you use boards. I use
0: both. Like I use boards for things like the yearly plan, also for my podcast calendar. So I uh-huh. can move them from ideas to editing, yeah. to, uh, to uh, like to scripting, recording, then editing, and then publishing. It's
1: mm-hmm.
0: really good. I use the list. And then for other projects, I use normal, the normal lists.
1: Yeah, I, I do all lists. It's always so interesting. And that's the thing is, who, you know, dear yoga teacher listening, like whatever (laughs) works for you, do that thing. You know, if someone looked at my asana, they might go crazy, but I love it because it works for me. And I know exactly what I'm doing every single day. And I love that I can move things around and prioritize the day. So Um, I just love it. It works really well for me. And I like that it can be different. Like this one tool can serve both you and me and we use it kind of different.
0: Yes. And also things that I might feel uncomfortable with that maybe, you know, like promoting something, setting up Facebook ads, doing a Facebook live. And, um, when they are in my to-do list, I'm less likely not to do them simply for right. them. So, because I, of course it's like how you discipline yourself, um, that it's what's on there has to get done. So it needs to right. be, needs to get done. Um, oh yeah.
1: I even put personal stuff on there too. I'm like, I've got to, like, I, we have two dogs and every month. Every single month it shows up that I need to give them their medicine and I make sure I give them their medicine once a month It pops up in Asana. And I love that I can do that, that it can be a reoccurring task. So I don't have to remember. It just pops on my calendar.
0: Yeah, that's super helpful. Mm -hmm. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. So what else, what other tips do we have for yoga teachers when they say they hate marketing? (laughs)
1: <laughs> Don't ever say that again. <laughs> um, I would definitely, kind of like the mindset with money, I would say to dig in and really see, why do you not like marketing? Why do you hate marketing? Why do you think it's crappy? Why does it feel bad to you? Dig in and see what your marketing story is. You know, Maybe you had a bad experience and you just never want to do that, whatever that is. And so the way, you know, the way I coach, I'm sure it's the way you coach as well, is you need to market in a way that's authentic to you. So for me, I am extremely transparent. So it's interesting because most people will say, Amanda, it's like I know so much about your business. Now, I'm not telling everyone every tiny detail, but I'm podcasting. From my closet today and those listening on the podcast can't hear that but I'm sitting in my closet because everything changed in our world and my household has changed so this is the quiet place it's not my office anymore um I work in my office every day but I need quiet for podcasting so um before we jumped on this call, I posted an Instagram story about me podcasting from my closet. (laughs) So I share things like this. um, And I've also shared so many things along my journey of this is what it looks like. Um, You know, my computer didn't have like a fancy stand for a long time. It was sitting on Tupperware containers. And I made sure it was at eye level for my videos. And I, I share a lot of things like that. That's really, really real. And it's the real life, what's happening in Amanda's business and people specifically yoga teachers really respond to that. The ones that like that, um, for me, like they're gravita- they gravitate towards me because of that, because I'm encouraging and I'm really transparent. And so what I teach is what is that for you? For me, it's sharing a whole bunch about my business and um, I don't share a ton about my family, but that's just because it's their privacy and I feel like I shouldn't do that um, for them or else I totally would. I'm not secretive about my family at all, but I just don't feel like they need to be, I shouldn't make the choice for them (laughs) to be in Instagram stories all the time. Um, But what is it for you? Like, What is the thing that would feel really good to you as a yoga teacher in terms of marketing what marketing do you love what brands do you love and you watch what they do and you say like that was a great email or oh my gosh that social media post is perfect what is that for you and to follow that do way more of that than the thing that suit that feels salesy because if it feels salesy to you it's gonna come across that way
0: yes that's so important like with everything that you're feeling, like when you feel it's not good enough and when you feel it's too expensive, what you're selling, when you're not owning, what mm-hmm. you're doing, what you're offering, that's going to come across as well.
1: Right. Oh my gosh, it really does. If you're not confident, especially in the price of whatever it is, it's going to be near impossible to sell it. Well, same if it's
0: too low. You're not going to feel right. selling it either. You're going to be feel resentful. Yes. When oh. someone buys it. And yeah. Yeah. What I like to tell people is just to imagine, I mean, you just have to invite people to
1: the party, right? You can't have a yes. dinner
0: party and not tell
1: anyone about it. Exactly. I say that all the time, is that you? when you think about marketing as this big, scary thing, then it can really take you over your mind and make you think so many things. But if you think about it like inviting someone to the party you can plan all you want for an amazing party. But if you don't send the invitation, you're going to be by yourself in a cool outfit with great food and entertainment and all the things, but you're going to be standing by yourself and
0: no one needs that. So you got to invite no, people to the party. No, you don't want to be alone at your party. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's just said, And it's the same with your online course or your online classes or anything. You have to invite yeah. people to the party. <laughs>
1: you sure do. And it's a fun party. So you should be really excited about it. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think, um, getting into this mindset of excitement, of excitement of sharing this excitement of helping people getting, that's why where your mission comes in, which I think mm-hmm. is so important and helpful to be, to be really clear about that, to have that, to right. know why you're doing something and And then working on your communication, on what you're sharing from that mindset.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely.
0: Actually, um, what do you think about? Because I heard that once in a podcast episode. I think it was from. Okay, I I forgot the names. Really long time ago. It was um, using tarot cards to find clarity on pricing.
1: Interesting. That is not something I've ever done.
0: No, I you think, I mean, it's, less, it's just a tool, right? So if you mm-hmm. say you have three pricing possibilities,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then you're just going to choose a card and think about each price. So it's just like, what's going to come up?
1: Mm-hmm. What can you
0: own? What does feel really good? I think a lot right. of defining your price, there's so much to do with your gut. Mm -hmm. I mean, I started marketing and they came up with all those theoretical equations, how to define the best price. And then when you start in marketing and you realize that all those companies, they just say, like Mercedes, they say it for their car. So they set the price just so that it's the most expensive in its class. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So there's no science behind it, behind, okay, the science is that we want to be the most expensive car in that category
1: hmm Yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways you can think about pricing. There's so many different, and there's not really a right or wrong, or you have to really think about what you want to be. But like you said, like there's some companies that have just decided, I want to be the most expensive. And there's also companies that say, I want to be the cheapest. And then there's companies that say, I want to be known for this specific thing. And so I think that You can go into it with that pricing idea of, I want to be this or that, Um, or you can just go into it and say, okay, what am I providing? What do I feel comfortable with right now? If I were to sit with someone and tell them the price, how would I tell them? What words would I use? And really try that because if you find that you're hesitating for any reason, it's either too high or too low because you can't say that and it won't necessarily be there forever, right? Right. I think the first time I did anything, I was like, it'll be, you know, $99. <laughs> I was nervous about it. And now I have courses that are well over $99 and I don't bat an eye when I tell someone because I'm incredibly confident in what it is, but I don't have a $10,000 offer, right? So that would be really uncomfortable for me right now. But maybe in five years, I'll have a $10,000 offer. I don't know. But I think that you kind of have to go into it and say, what is the value of this thing? What am I comfortable with? And sometimes you do have to be, you have to push yourself to be a little more uncomfortable. So there's a lot of yoga teachers I'll work with that will want to work with private clients. And they'll say, you know, I'm charging and it's different everywhere, right? But 30 or 40 US dollars is too low for a private session, in oh, my personal opinion. Yes. <laughs> so I'll work with people and I'll have to push and really encourage them to increase the prices. And that can feel uncomfortable, but once you really recognize the value of what it is, it's, it's really important to do that.
0: Yes, so um, I think it's always going to be challenging, but I think yeah, you also it's good to know that it's always evolving. That mm-hmm. It's not going to be forever, so it's nothing to really get get stuck on it. So right. it's like decide on the price and move
1: on. Right, exactly, and especially in today's world, right now, everyone is online, and how quickly you can change a price online. You know, if you all of a sudden open up your calendar and you are booked up and it's fast and you book up really quickly and it's fast, increase your prices. That's what I would say is increase your prices. And yes. if you stay booked, increase them a little bit more and, you know, go until it feels right. You don't have to keep going up and up and up forever, but you certainly can. Just like I said, I have courses that are several hundred dollars, but I can venture to believe that eventually in my business, I'll have a few thousand dollar something or. A ten thousand dollars something, because I will become more experienced, I will become more confident. and then, as your expertise goes up, so does the price of working with you. That's so true. Yes. you just have to give
0: yourself some grace there, I think. yeah, well, it comes back to done is better than perfect. and mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And I'm always one of my favorite saying is, clarity comes with action. Oh, that's good. And, and um, yes, I'm a big fan of really, of course, you need some strategy and you need some, you know, do like, you need to work on your mindset and all that, but you can't let that
1: stop you from taking action. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you you can't. Yeah. yeah. It's so important to just take that next step, whatever the next step is. I think so often that we'll get caught up in all the things that we can do. And I say this because I can get caught up in all the things I could do, but it's just the next step that we need to focus on. And Mm -hmm. those little steps can make a big difference in our business. We all
0: learn that right now that, you know, like all our beautiful plans, like (laughs) they're out of the window. And um, so, yes. So I think like for a lot of businesses as well, I mean, for all the yoga teachers, obviously, other plan for 2020 it's like out of the window so many retreats get canceled and right. classes get canceled and studios close so um so you have to make a decision if you it's difficult to say obviously if someone is really struggling and grieving i say s- sit with that you know like accept mm-hmm. that uh, give yourself that time but um when that's, when you're not in such a bad situation, it's also maybe time to move on and to see what can you do now? Where's the silver Mm -hmm. lining? What
1: can you do differently? yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes we do need that time. And in, and in those moments, you want to take the, take that time, but Sometimes that's when it's really helpful to have someone else help you. Mm -hmm. That's when a coach or a mentor or a biz bestie, you know, someone who can help you when you can just give them a phone call or a text message or some sort of a message of some sort where you can just say, Hey, I need to check in and they can really see like, are you just sitting there and not doing anything or do you (laughs) need the time? You know, it's really easy. It's easier for someone else to see that sometimes. Sometimes that's definitely true. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So this
0: podcast is called The Blissful Biz because (laughs) I think it's so important to have some more bliss and fun in your business. Do you have like one piece of work-life bliss balance advice that you um, can uh, can share with our listeners?
1: I would love to. I have one thing that has really been a game changer in my business and in life that whatever your version of this is, I would want you to do it. So for me, I really, really love going to the spa. Like mm-hmm. I love it. I, I don't do it very often. And I think um, that's on purpose because it's so special to me. And I just love going to the spa, getting a massage, spending the day there, whatever it is. And so I found a long time ago when I first started my business that there are, there's going to be times in your business that you're doing really well financially, but you're extremely, extremely busy. And then there's times where you're not doing as well financially and you don't have as much to do because you don't have as many clients or projects or whatever. And so what I found Is that when I'm really busy but making money, I will buy myself a gift card for the spa so that when I'm not doing as well financially, I can go to the spa when I have some downtime, but I don't have to spend the money because I already (laughs) did when I was doing good. Oh, that's so great tip. I love that. I never heard anyone <laughs> doing that like so strategically. <laughs> right. I, it happened almost on accident. There was an email that came through from the spa one time and I knew I couldn't go because I was so busy, but I was like, this is a good deal. I should buy that gift card. And then I had the gift card, and the next time that I had some downtime, because sometimes the summer is really slow, or Christmas time, like in December, is really slow for certain businesses. And during those times, I was like, oh my gosh, I can use that gift card. (laughs) And ever (laughs) since then, I've done that.
0: That's beautiful. I mean, now you have to wait with a visit to the spa, probably.
1: Yes, I cannot do that right now, but I'm
0: looking forward to it home spa yes yes (laughs) i have my little food massage machine which i love Mm, which i bought when i got back from bali and i'm missing my weekly balinese massages
1: ah that sounds like heaven (gasps) oh my god
0: yeah so much (laughs) so that's like the next best thing to having no massage maybe
1: (laughs) right right (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. I mean, it was so, so nice talking to you. Um, this has
1: been really uh, awesome conversation. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It has been wonderful. I love talking about marketing and mindset and all the things in between. So Where can people go to learn more about you? Sure. My website is Marketing Yoga with Confidence, and I also have a podcast, so that's the name of the podcast. And you can find all kinds of information on my website about the types of things that I offer in terms of courses, and I have a whole bunch of free stuff. So remember earlier when I said you don't give everything away for free, right? You can have some things for free and I actually have quite a bit of stuff on my website for free. One that people have been loving lately is the five minute marketing challenge. And it is five minutes a day for five days and you really get to test that water with how you can market your business. So you just go to marketingyogawithconfidence.com forward slash five, the number five in the word minutes. And I'll add all the links to the show notes, of course. Yes, thank you so so much.
0: Yes, thank you so much.